0: I shared last week that, personally, I avoid awkward moments at all costs. I don't know when this started for me. Uh, I think when I was a little kid, I was about eight years old. We were at a fellowship event at my home church, and uh, there was a guy in our church. His name was Mr. Gary, and Mr. Gary was just known and loved by everyone, and uh, we were just having a good time, and he liked to give me a hard time, as, as some of you guys like to do with our, the kids in the church. And we're kind of ribbing back and forth. And in our playful uh, ribbing, I grabbed his hat from his head and ran off with it. Turned around only to see that the hair was still in the hat. And the look on his face, the look on the whole church's face. And what happened there? He chased me. and I don't think we were playing anymore, and I ran. Oh, I ran. (laughs) Awkward. Maybe it was started, I don't know, when I was in high school, when in South Carolina, uh, we had this thing called the ring ceremony, where you get your high school ring, it's a big deal, and you actually walk through this giant ring, and your parents are there to present you with this ring, and it's a beautiful moment, and uh, The night before, I knew that the whole school would be there. I told my mom, okay, this is how it's going to go down, okay? Uh, Dad, I'm going to shake your hand. Mom, I'm going to hug you. Then you're going to give me the ring. It's going to be a beautiful moment. All this begins to happen. And then as my father comes toward me, suddenly he just hugs me. And then my mom, as I go to hug her, she sticks her shaking hand in my gut. And I absorb that hand, and it just... Uh, it was, it was, I grabbed the ring just go sit down. I mean, it just was really awkward. And uh, from then on, I think I just have avoided some awkward moments. There were just some things that, you know, sometimes those things are funny, like on TV, like The Office. But a lot of times they just give me the eebie when I think about them. All right, there's a couple of awkward moments to think about. That awkward moment when you're at the traffic light and suddenly you look over and you make awkward eye contact with the person beside you. And you're like... I don't know what to do, my hands, uh, and you just kind of give like the, the head nod, and you're like, what's up, or down, whichever way you go, I don't know, or you, you know, it just kind of, that was one of those moments. That awkward moment when you're in a silent room, or a class, or something, and suddenly your stomach begins to make noises like a, a, a killer whale of some sort, or Chewbacca, you're like, no, uh, no, but uh." uh or if you're in traffic and you're, you have a, a nose scratch and the person beside you sees you doing that and you're like, is that a, is that a pick or what was, no, 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 it wasn't. I'm just, uh... Or that awkward moment when you go and congratulate someone on their new baby that's coming and you realize very quickly there is no new baby coming. <laughs> it only has to happen to you one time. One time for you to avoid that move for the rest of your life. Or maybe that awkward moments when you go to fix your hair in the tinted window of the car beside yours and realize as the window is coming down that there's someone in the car. Awkward moments. This has so been instilled in me. Ms. Pastor Michelle gives me a hard time about it. It's so bad for me. My, my son has this as well. I think I've passed the trait down because sometimes he'll just say, Awkward, Dad. Awkward. What is that awkward moment that you try to avoid? Take a few seconds. Share it with your neighbor really quick. What is that awkward moment that you try to avoid? Brainstorm with me and go. Now, one last one that I forgot to show you, a picture, and this just, I just reminded of me, I have this awkward moment sometime, I don't know if you do, it's that awkward moment when you go through the metal detector and your abs of steel set off the alarms. (laughs) You just can't avoid that sometimes, it's kind of awkward. Or maybe buns of steel for some of you out there, I don't know, that's, that was awkward right there. (laughs) I'm glad my, my wife's not here. Um. If you weren't with us last week, uh, we started this series, it's called Our Credo, and what we're talking about basically is kind of the DNA of who we are as a church. You know, our denomination came up with these three words that are kind of the core of who we are uh, a few years back, that were Christian that we're missional, that we're holiness. And for the next couple of weeks, we want to unpack what that means and what that looks like uh, on an everyday life and who we are as a church and, and kind of the things that really are, are fundamental to who we are. Last week, if you weren't with us, we talked about how we are living in the midst of empire. We are living in the midst of, and maybe you can just you think about this song that, from Star Wars that jumps in your mind, boom, boom, boom. You kind of hear that going on when you hear that word empire. And that in the midst of empire, our culture is trying to shape us. And they're trying to move us into the way that they think and act and begin to serve and to begin to think of the gods that they, they serve. But God has called us out that's what the church means. We are it Actually, church means ecclesia, that we are the called out ones, that we are called to have our eyes and our, our, our vision toward our real home, which is not this place, and that our habits, they form our hearts. And they, some of us, we have good habits that form our heart and, hearts and shape them, and there's some, there's bad habits that we need to kind of get rid of. And that's who we're called to be, that we're called out of this world. This week, we want to talk about what it's like to be evangelistic and to talk about evangelism in community. Now, I've got to be honest with you. Sometimes I hear that word evangelism, and I I kind of get the the eebie-jeebies. I don't know, just maybe because I've seen some kind of awkward examples the last, I don't know, basically all of my life. I think it maybe started with... One day I saw it was like I can't even remember the denominator. It was like a five or ten dollar bill on the ground, and I go uh, immediately. You see money on the ground, you think woohoo, free money, you know. And I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but I go to pick it up, and I find out that it's a track, a gospel track. And you're like, feel uh, feel embarrassed. You should be. And it goes on to share the gospel. And I was like, well, that kind of stinks. <laughs> That's. You know, and I've even heard of people giving these kind of tracks away as like tips at restaurants. Yeah, it's pretty lousy. So I've kind of seen some of those examples. There's also signs everywhere. I don't know. Some of these signs are funny. Church signs. Have you seen these church signs around? A couple of them that I found that are really funny. Uh, Have trouble sleeping? We have sermons. Come here one. I hope that doesn't apply today. Does life stink? We have a pew for you. What does the fox say? God knows he made them. <laughs> don't let worries kill you. Let the church help. <laughs> yeah. I don't. Now, there's some that just kind of make me feel awkward and uncomfortable, if I'm honest this morning. And maybe you've seen some of these signs around. It says, one of them I saw, honk if you love Jesus. This is more of the funny end. Text while you drive if you want to meet him. Here's, the, here's, here's kind of the, the scary ones. Eternity smoking or non-smoking? Maybe you've seen something like this. If you don't know Jesus, you are the biggest loser. Tsunami, AIDS, war, do you hear me now? God, and, and I got to tell you, I really feel awkward when we start quoting God uh, or saying things like that. I just see these signs. You think it's hot here, God? Um, keep using my name in vain and I'll make rush hour longer, God? Well, funny, that's awkward. Love thy neighbor thing, I really meant that. And we've kind of we've seen some of these things before. And, and sometimes these pictures come to mind when I think about evangelism. I think, man, that's, I don't, I don't think that's, that's not, this doesn't feel right. It just feels awkward. It feels out of place. Or maybe you've, you've kind of, it's been a while since I've seen one of these in person, but maybe you've seen one of these people. I call him bullhorn guy, the guy that's got a microphone or a bullhorn and a sign telling everybody where they're going and yelling out things. It just makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me just makes me feel uncomfortable. I mean, we've seen, and I don't even have to name the church, you've seen some of the really bad signs that are out there today that uh, are protesting different places. I even saw someone posted on Facebook that someone blocked these people from a funeral. It just makes me really, really uncomfortable. And honestly, when I think about that situation, it just makes me mad because I, I just don't think that's who Jesus is. I, I've seen other things as well, and maybe you've experienced some of these things. When I was growing up, and and this isn't a bad thing, I I went with a group that went out door to door, and we knocked to tell people about Jesus. It's been a while since I've been a part of some of those things, but you're actually trying to tell people about Jesus door to door, and it just feels like a kind of a cold call, non-relational kind of thing, and I felt strange about that. One time I was asked to do a devotional at a school for a, a function, that, a group that's kind of like a campus ministry group. And uh, it was very early in the morning. And it was junior high kids in a gym, okay? And so I do my best to get the kids excited. I tell a story. I talk about Jesus. And at the end, the guy who was kind of the director, he comes up and he grabs the microphone. And he tells everybody, this is like 730 in the morning, bow your heads. And he leads them through this gospel Presentation and this kind of the one, two, three, and, 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 and I'm not saying that part was bad, but it begins to just have people raise their hands and, and get these cards filled out. And at the end, I gathered with this guy. He was a, he was a great guy. He says, man, we, we got five more. We got six more. But then there was no follow-through. It was just about a card. It was just about a commitment. And, and I felt awkward about that. I don't know if you've ever seen things like this before. But I don't know if they're an accurate picture of who Jesus is. And what Jesus called us to be in the community. I don't think that's who Christ is. He's not some kind of slick salesman that's trying to fool us. He's not just looking for a commit and take off. He's different than that. And I think he's calling us to something different than that. And I think the world has started to, let's be honest, not really appreciate some of our our methods and maybe some of our, I don't know, who we've become. I mean, if you read books and you look at stats, you don't have to go very far to know the church in America is declining. You see that. I I saw one just the other day. 50,000 are exiting the church per week. Per week in America. And you read studies and you do see research there's things like you you hear things like well i feel like the church is not very compassionate and i feel like they are judgmental and hypocritical and anti-this and anti-that man that makes me feel uncomfortable when i hear that because i don't think that's who jesus is Turn with your Bibles with me, uh, Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5, you feeling awkward in here? (laughs) Yeah, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it's a passive scripture that uh, you may be familiar with, Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, it says this, you are the light of the world, you are the light of the world. A couple of years ago, I saw a trailer for a movie, and uh, oftentimes I try to avoid these movies uh, because I know they're going to make me cry eventually in the movie, okay? So I try to avoid those. Uh, the, the name of the movie is We Are Marshall. Did you see that, or maybe you saw the clip for it? If you didn't, uh, just a short clip of, of, of what the movie, the preview for it was. We are Marshall! Everything can change. All players and coaches on board were killed in the greatest disaster in college sports history.
1: In a moment, I'm Coach Jack Lingle. We're in this together now. Anything is possible. This is not a game. This is about what happened to this town. This is your opportunity to rise from these ashes. We are Marshall.
0: Don't know the story, 1970 plane crashed the Marshall football team. 75 people, members of the football team, the media, basically everybody on the plane coming back from a, a, a loss in East Carolina. They there's a plane crashed and, and they died. And um, it was the rebuilding process of the, the school and, and the people that were involved. And one of the great moments, Matthew McConaughey, you know, talks about how just rising out of the ashes. That we will we will rise out of the ashes. Beautiful speech. And then there's throughout this movie, there's this moments and they're powerful. And it's these when the, the crowd chants, you saw it at the very end, when the students begin to gather, and at the beginning, even of the movie, there's these reminders of who we are as a school, and they, they chant out and they just say, We are Marshall, we are Marshall. And it's this kind of echoing pep rally. And that's when I think of when I think of this passage of scripture: we are. The light of the world. We are called to be the light of the world. That's the DNA of who we are. We are the light of the world. Now, I've got to be honest. When you look around our world, I don't know about you, but it's pretty dark out there. There's a lot of darkness. It doesn't take us looking very far to see that darkness. Headlines in the news. Terrible stories. We see it everywhere. We see crime. We see people hurting other people. People hurting themselves. Darkness is around every single corner that we live in. But it wasn't always like that. If we think back all the way to the beginning in Genesis, we remember that God created. God created man, and he created us in his own image, the imagio Deo, the image of God. It was a beautiful, perfect place created in this image where all the great qualities of God existed in the world. And then what happened? Part two of the story we mess things up. Our sin caused a terrible spiral, a brokenness in our world that would destroy this perfection and cause the darkness that we live in today. Good news, part three. Redemptive story. A man named Jesus, who happens to be the Son of God, came down to save us from the darkness and to bring the light Into the darkness. And that is a a beautiful story of who we are, that we are called out of the darkness and to be God's light in this world. God has called us to reflect that light, to be missional in this world. I love this passage of scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you have anyone to flip over there, you can. It talks about this love and, and this part three of the story. It says this in chapter 5, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 says Either way, Christ's love controls us. This is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Now if you're a, a, a circular or a uh, underliner in your Bible or a square, whatever you are, just a couple of things just to highlight there where, as we're going along. He died for everyone so that we no longer live, who he who receives new life no longer lives for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. Since we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view, at one time we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has called, has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. This is the good news. No longer Counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, Come back to God. For God made Christ, who had never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be more right, be made right with God through Christ. This is the good news. Christ has come into the world, not counting men's sins against them any longer. He gives us a way to be free from our sin. It's a beautiful, beautiful story of of redemption and forgiveness. And he's called us to be his ambassadors of reconciliation. I love that phrase, ambassadors of reconciliation in this world. Called us to be... And I love this this term that's kind of going around, restorers, to be restorers of creation, the way God intended things to be. There's a a writer by the name of Gabe Lyons, and he talks about what it it means to be a restorer. And the definition's in your, your worship folder, and it's a beautiful picture. Restorers are those individuals who live the gospel in their daily lives and through their vocational callings, fueled by a vision of how things ought to be, how things ought to be. We look around and we see darkness and see the way they are, but God has called us to look how things should be and how we are called to be in, in, in light of who He is. They are uniquely postured to partner with God in His work of restoration in the world. You and I get to be a part of that. This last week, I got an opportunity to fulfill a childhood dream uh, my wife, my wonderful wife, gave me a birthday present, a flying experience, a fly, basically a first flying lesson. I don't know, does anyone live out in Cyprus and you see those planes flying over to 90? Uh, she went over, she got one of those on Groupon where you can go and take your first flying lesson. So I, I show up on uh, Tuesday and uh, I go and meet the instructor. And uh, basically as I'm meeting him, he said, okay, here's the deal. Do you want to go up into a plane and to look out, or do you want to fly the plane? And I said, I want to fly the plane. (laughs) Of course, let me do whatever I can do. I'll do whatever you'll let me do. Uh, And so, okay, well, we go over to this wall, and on the wall, there's this picture of all those circle gauges and things inside of a plane, you know? You've seen those before, like 20 of them, and he's like, okay, this one does this, and this one does this, and this one does this, and this one, I'm just like mentally trying to write all this down, and I'm not getting it all, okay, I've got to be honest with you, I'm getting a little nervous, okay, because when he talked about flying the plane, I thought, you know, flying the plane, I need to know the gauges and, and all the stuff, and uh, so he goes through that, and I'm like, I try to go back and ask these questions, and what is this, and what is that, and he's like, okay, d- d- don't worry, but we'll get in there, you'll, you'll remember, I'll, I'll, you'll, be, you'll be fine, just remember this and this, and and... Okay, so I get into the plane, he gives me the earphones, that I'm, I'm there, and uh, and he begins to kind of just point out a few things. One of them, very important thing is this, he said, important thing, keep your eye on the horizon, okay? Horizon is very important, it tells you actually, you know, where you are, and just keep your eye on the horizon, and uh, he showed me where the gas was, and how to, to control that, and he showed me, you know, there's the feet thing, controlling the, the back, and the forth, and the, you know, the... You know, I, I just make it up terms. He's not telling me any of this stuff, okay? And I'm just, this is all happening within like five minutes, okay? And so I'm in this plane. And just imagine in your mind like a, the very original Volkswagen Beetle bug, okay? That's the size of what we're talking about here. And that's like the age of what we're talking about in this plane, okay? So I'm getting, I'm getting a little nervous, okay? And he asked me, well, have you actually been in a plane? Have you ever tried to fly a plane or do anything? No, I've never. That's why I'm here, Um, like the only time that I have been in a plane this size, I jumped out of the plane and there was a parachute involved. And there's no parachute here, folks. And my arm is like on the window, okay? And, I, and so he's like, okay, we're going to go, we're going to, he kind of, we taxied out to the runway out there in Cyprus. And he's like, okay, why do let you take off now. <laughs> All right. Okay. You know, you try to act confident in life until you come to some moments and you're just like, Okay. Uh, yeah. So we he said like, I want you to pull the I want you to you're to pull the gas and we're going to as soon as you get to about 60 65 I want you to begin to just gradually pull up. I felt like I was in one of those movies where they're like talking somebody down from the plane You're like okay I want you to just gradually pull up. His hands were nowhere near the uh, little steering wheel thing, okay? And so uh, he said, I want you to gradually pull up. I want you to keep this distance between you and the horizon. You're going to just gradually climb up to about 1,800 feet, and then we're going to just kind of take a little circle around the city. And I was like, okay. Hit the gas, start to pull up. Took off from the airport. And now I'm starting to get really nervous, okay? Because I look around, and there are people are getting smaller and smaller, and, and cars are getting smaller and smaller. And I am flying the plane, people, Okay? <laughs> And those things are sensitive, okay? So I start to move just a little bit, and we're, we're moving, okay? And I keep waiting for this guy to, like, grab the steering wheel and be like, you know, ooh, ooh, you're not doing it right, but he just lets me do whatever. And so we go, and I go down 290, circle around the city in 610. I think we've got a picture maybe of that. Uh, I do have one hand on the steering wheel at this point. Uh, I try to text and fly. Uh, I admit it. I admit it. Uh, and I tried to send this out. You didn't, get it, you didn't get the best signal, but I'm taking pictures along the way. Uh, eventually, I did hand, hand over the little steering wheel to take better pictures. And uh, so I fly around the city, and uh, then I go by my house. And hey, there's my house. And I flew a plane, people. I flew a plane. I'm sort of a pilot. I'm just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> um, and then he tells me, he tells me, uh, okay, do you want to land the plane? And I said, negatory, good buddy, <laughs> negatory. Uh, how about this? How about you land the plane, and I just hold on just to kind of see what that feels like, and, you know, we've done a lot today, you know. Amazing experience, amazing. I highly recommend it, $60 on Groupon, pretty, pretty amazing, okay? Now, I say all that to say this, okay? Um, I think that we have kind of a bad Maybe a bad, bad view of what church is. Maybe what evangelism is. That it's only professionals that can evangelize. Only the person with the microphone that can do this. God, God has called us all to be ambassadors. All of us to be ambassadors of reconciliation in the world. He has called us to be his agents of grace. To be light. We are the light. And that light shouldn't just shine here, folks. It needs to shine out there. It needs to shine out there. Now, what does this look like? There was a, a girl. Her name uh, was Renee. And uh, Renee uh, was brought up in an environment that was, it was pretty dark. It was pretty dark. At the age of 19, she found herself living in a, a house full of, of basically... Friends that would provide some of the darkest things we know in this world, from drugs and from alcohol to other things. It's pretty pretty dark dark environment. And uh, one night, she found herself in the middle of this brokenness. She found herself basically high on pot, painkillers, alcohol, and cocaine. And in a desperate moment, she remembered. That she had another group of friends, some people from a church, some Christians that had treated her, her differently, not judgmentally, just, they just loved her. And in this moment, this night in Florida, she calls up one of these friends from this group and says, I, I just need help. Can you come help me? Can you come here? In the middle of the night, that's where Jamie Torkowski enters the picture. He calls up some friends from church jamie does and he says basically come with me and they go down to this house this crack house and they get this girl and they just begin to pray with her and, and just love her and just talk to her and mainly they did a lot of listening they did a lot of listening they did some pleading to come to rehab to start that come now let's go and great things were happening in those conversations but she said you know what can i just have one more night just have one more night." And they pleaded with her, "Come now, just just one more." And after trying to plead and try to plead, finally, they, they let her have her way, and she goes back into this house and shuts the door. And when the door shuts, it just is like the depression and the darkness just kind of came and swept upon her. And one last time, she took a razor blade that became familiar to her through the years. In just this depression and and anger, she begins to write what she really thinks about herself on her arms. And spells out the words F-U-C-K-U-P because that's what she thinks of herself. The next day, fortunately, Jamie survived the night. Or Renee survived the night. Jamie comes with friends and they bring her to rehab. They go to rehab and rehab doesn't accept her. They immediately see the self-wounds. They realize how dependent she is on the drugs and realize they cannot they, they they can't detox her like she needs to and she's too much of a risk and so they don't accept her. So what does Jamie do? Calls up some friends from church. And they take this girl and they decide the church does to be her detox, and for five days, they basically help to, to, to wean this girl off of drugs. They love her, they pray with her, they share Christ's heart and love with this girl, and 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 something amazing happens. And I, and I love this quote uh, from Jamie. He says, "This we became her hospital, and the possibility." The possibility of healing filled our living room with life. It was unspoken, and there were only a few of us, but we would be her church, the body of Christ, coming alive to meet her needs, to write love on her arms. That's who we're called to be. We are the light of the world. We are called to erase the darkness and write something different. Now, Jamie, maybe you've heard that phrase before to write love on her arms. Maybe you've seen it before in t shirts. That that moment, that night inspired something. See, Jamie started an organization uh, with those initials T W. I'm going to have to need some help with that. We have a shirt. T W L O H A, right there. Maybe you've seen that. And he has a a website now. Because of the sales from this t-shirt, the money is going to help people that are self-injurers, people that are fighting depression and addiction, and this is all under the blanket of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what the church does in the world. They go out in their light in a dark world. I'm so thankful, and I'm encouraged that we are part of a community that sees that. When you look around the world, there's a lot of just bad things. We see stats all the time. We know that people are dying every day because they don't have clean water. Because they don't have food to eat. We know that there is abuse of every single kind. We know that Houston is one of the worst places for trafficking. Now, we can, we can absorb all that and just say, well, what can I do? I mean, it's just so big. You know what we can do? We can do something. Because love does. Love does. It doesn't sit back. It does. And that's what Christ has called us to be, to be the acting embodiment of who Christ is. And as we start, and as we're all called to be a part of this, we think about the the words of Christ. When he says that they will know that you are my disciples when they see our love for one another. When they see our love for one another. Now, when we think about this, when we think about even that story, some of the things kind of come to mind about seem kind of dangerous. There are some dangerous things that are out there. And as we talked about how last week we we're called to be in this world, but we're not of this world. And we know that. And we know that the habits form us and shape us to be who Christ has called us to be. But can I confess to you that sometimes I think we play it way too safe. We're trying to protect all the time. We're trying to protect our This is my heart. I'm trying to protect my family. I don't want my kids to be influenced by certain things. We're constantly kind of just like pushing away. Pushing away. God has really convicted me about this lately um, as I think about my neighbors. I mean, I know my neighbors, sort of. Um, I know there's, and I can kind of go through and just kind of tell a little about each person. We talk about the weather. We occasionally meet at the mailbox. But maybe God is calling us to go, to go and to be light. A couple of weeks ago, months ago now, Pastor garen had this idea that, uh, that, you know, traditionally we've had fall festival here and it's, it's a great event. Um, but what if we took fall festival to the neighborhood? And what if we had fall festival at the Gazebo Park? And uh, to be honest, uh, we thought, Maybe 100, maybe 150 people will show up. We planned for that, but something happened. Uh, I don't know if you were there that day, but it blew up, okay? There were about 300, 350 people. Some of you guys were trying to cook hot dogs and hamburgers as fast as you could, and uh, not everything went perfect, but it was just cool to see us interacting with the neighborhood did we come with like an agenda of we're going to give a gospel no we were just loving people and it was a beautiful thing something uh i get back a couple days later and i get a a voicemail that mary passed on and do you mind if i share that with you real quick i don't know who it's from and if you're here this morning thanks for sharing Uh, i'm not trying to embarrass you in any way but uh, this is the message that i heard uh on our, our voicemail
1: about the fall
0: fair or the fall festival that you all put on at Willow Lake Park and I just wanted to call and say thank you so much for doing that. I do not attend your church but um, I just thought it was amazing what you all did and I just wanted to thank you
1: and my children had a great time and um, what I appreciated the most was um, all the people there um, how their attitude was just so loving and nobody was mad or upset or frustrated. They were just um, beautiful. Anyway, I just wanted to call and thank you and your church for, for putting that on, and I hope, I hope you all do it again next year. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.
0: That's who God has called us to be. Now, I'm not playing that to, to give us a pat on the back, but I hope that you see that's who we're supposed to be in the world. And when people see us becoming light, the light bulb goes off, and they are attracted to this light and it gives us the opportunity to speak truth into people's lives it gives us the opportunity to speak truth in his life if you want to you want to be challenged read the book of james i don't know if you're a new christian and it just smacks you in the face sometimes because it says it talks a lot about faith and works and how you know what there's a lot of people that have faith in our world There are a lot of people that believe in things, but it's it's much different. If Christ has changed your heart and your life, it requires a response. We can't just live this life of going to work, coming to church. God you know this doesn't include in the rest of part of our world, but instead it, it requires something. James 2, 17 through 20 says this. So you see, faith by itself, it's not enough. Unless it produces good deeds. It's dead and it's useless. Now, someone may argue some people have faith and other people have deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe this. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can you see that faith without good deeds is useless? Even the passage that we read in the beginning of the sermon is Matthew 5. It's talking about how we should be the light of the world. In the same way, let your good deeds shine. How can we be light? By loving the world. Sometimes that's scary, folks. Sometimes that requires you to go and to do to step out of our comfort zones and to love people. I begin mean, to think about this, how, what this is going to look like in my neighborhood. It means maybe a cookout in my neighborhood, in the little circle where the, the uh, they will go around in my, in my neighborhood. We invite people to come and let's just, let's just hang out. I'm not coming with an agenda. I'm just coming to love you. I can't love you unless I know you. You are placed right now in your life exactly where God has called you to be. The circles in your world, the people that you work with, the people that are around you right now, they're there for a reason. And you are called, we are called to be lights in this world. You're called to be lights at your office, in your neighborhood, your family. We're called to be that light. It makes me, it excites me. Excites me because when we start to get a true picture of who our Jesus is, He's the the God that came to serve. He's the God that came not to be served, but to serve others. And when we get that love, it becomes infectious because people want to stop living in darkness. They want hope. They want a new life. It's the new life that you found, hopefully, one day when Jesus changed your heart and your life. That's who God's called us to be, this church, this place. What if... What if this church was a light to the Willow Lake neighborhood? What if we started asking the questions, how can we love the people that are closest to us? How can we be Christ to them? Not, let's try to do this, this. How can we love people that are around us? How can you love people in your neighborhood? These are the things that we should be asking ourselves the question. We should keep our eyes on the horizon keep our eyes on Jesus the the whole way. I started off today talking about some things that are kind of awkward. Maybe you thought about those with evangelism. Can I just say this? I don't think the intentions were bad of those who tried certain things. I don't think they're bad. I just think maybe somewhere along the way, we stopped looking at the horizon. We stopped looking at Jesus as our example of who God has called us to be. Let me read this uh, passage to you one more time. It's Matthew chapter 5. And this time, let's hear it today in the message version, the uh, paraphrase by Eugene Peterson. And he says this, another way to put it, you're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If, you, if I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a, land, a light stand now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand. Shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you will prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven. By opening yourself up to others, you'll prompt people to open themselves up to God. It's dangerous. It's exciting. It's exciting when people get it. When people see for the first time. That's our hope. That's our prayer. That's what God's called us to be. Would you pray with me? Lord. we opened your word this morning and as I've been having this conversation with you all week Lord God I I, I confess to you that I've opted for safety I've opted for a message of come to church and that's where the light is and sometimes Lord I just live in my, my world And I'm ignoring the darkness, God. Lord, I pray, Father, Lord, forgive me, first of all. Forgive me for trying to be safe all the time and not sharing your light with the world, for covering up that light. God, help me, help us to reflect who you are, what you have done for us. God, help us to be your ambassadors of reconciliation, to be restorers of this world. That we see the way you see how things ought to be. Lord, we see hope into people's life, God. Jesus, I pray that you would, God, give us a passion for the people that are closest to us, Lord. God, I I pray that you would call us out of our comfort zones, Lord. The people that live beside us and around us. The people we work with. Lord, we are a missional people. We're called by you. Not all of us have a title of pastor, but we are called by you to be your ambassadors in this world. And that starts now. Without a degree, without any of that stuff, God. We have been given that right because you have changed our hearts and our lives. And you call us sons and daughters. Jesus, I pray that you would give us a vision for our family for our neighborhood, for our church, Jesus, of what that can look like, how we can love like you loved others. Lord, and speak truth into people's lives. God, we love you today. Lord, I I pray for my friends that are here. Jesus, I pray for those uh, who are here today that maybe have have not really had a good experience with church or church people. It seems like there's more and more of those folks throughout are Lord. there, Lord. And I, God, I want so badly to change that perception because, Lord, I have fallen in love with you and I see who you are and I've seen it in the word and I've seen it throughout my life, God, that you are a God of love and mercy and grace and you have poured that love and grace upon us and me. And Lord, you have given me time after time, second chances, Lord. And God, I pray that this church would be a reflection, a true reflection of who you are, Lord, in our community, in our worlds, in our circles, Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would do it today. Lord, we love you, and we pray these things in your name. And everyone said, amen. Let's continue to worship him this morning. I do challenge you, uh, maybe today sometime, maybe you want to write down some names or things that have come into your heart today. Maybe some names like Renee. That are struggling right now. And God is calling you to be his hands and his feet, to be his light to certain people in your life. Or maybe there's some people at, at the office in your neighborhood that God is saying, step out, go, be light, do. Do something. Or maybe there's some big things in the world that break your heart. That break your heart when you see stats or things. Don't ignore those things. Get involved. Man, my heart is so excited when I saw uh, the Wilsons finalize their adoption of, uh, of Aaliyah and to see Michael and Aaliyah and, and to see that beautiful picture of a family. Man, those are people that get it. Those are restorers of the kingdom. Maybe that's where God's calling you. Maybe it's something, something awesome like that. That's who God wants us to be. Uh, John Snyder is coming. He's a part of our our search committee. He's also the acting chair of our our board, and uh, he's going to give you just an update on uh, where we are as far as the search. Uh, If I can figure out how to get this microphone on. Welcome, John.
1: Thank you, Matt. Is that better?
0: Mute. Not bad.
1: Oh, mute. (laughs) I've been put on mute before. First of all, let me tell you that this will not be an awkward moment. We hope that it's a moment of uh, information and a moment of blessing. It's been several weeks since we've given an update on uh, the Pastoral Search Committee's work. Uh, The holidays were on and that always uh, distracts, uh, but we had a wonderful meeting yesterday morning for a couple of hours with our district superintendent, Dr. Johnson, and the committee, and uh, we wanted to just uh, bring you up to date in our process. Uh, we've looked at a number of names. There's a, uh, Jeffrey has been sending out names from the East Coast to the West Coast, uh, Texas, uh, Oklahoma, Missouri, Colorado, just across the country, Indiana, and uh, we have, for a number of reasons, not zeroed in on an individual or individuals and there was a lot of reasons for that Uh, he would contact them Uh, we're a very viable church and uh, one that lots of folk would be thrilled to uh, be a part of but uh, they were interested in their own walk with God as well as our walk and so for a number of reasons lots of them some of them were in building Uh, programs and they said you know we just can't we just don't feel free about uh, leaving them at this time others had extenuating circumstances in their individual congregations Uh, others prayed about it and said i just don't have a release and i just need to stay where i am and so that's been in process down through these past several months we do have two uh, viable candidates And uh, we ask uh, Jeffrey to uh, carry it to the next level uh, as we left our meeting yesterday. He's going to do that this week. We hope that we'll hear something back from uh, both of them and uh, perhaps uh, pursue it on uh, from that point. One of the things that he emphasized and we would emphasize to you again today is this is a spiritual walk and we want it bathed in prayer. We know you have been praying. Uh, The search committee and the board have been praying. We want you to continue to do that. I wish that every friend and member of this congregation would commit in this new year to taking just a moment a day, just out of their busy schedule, and in your prayer life, pray specifically for this process that will affect our church for many years to come. In the selection of a new pastor a senior pastor so uh, pray for the process and we'll keep you informed as we go along Uh, and then as uh, interim chairman of the board I just want to speak on behalf of the board once more and say how appreciative we are of Matt and Garen and Michelle and the wonderful job that they have done and are doing and the work that they put into this transition time and we thank them so let's let our let us let our light shine in a world of darkness thank you thank you
0: John if you would stand up stretch out a little bit Pastor Guerin is not with us today. I don't know if you saw this, but he is in... He ran a half marathon at uh, Orlando in Disney World. I just think it is an excuse to go to Disney World. Uh, I don't know if you follow Facebook yesterday. It was like a couple of pictures of the marathon and all of these pictures of him at Disney World. He left his kids at home, too. I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, and then Pastor Michelle is actually at a class in Colorado Springs at uh, Nazarene Bible College. So be, be thinking about them, be praying for them. Lots of great things that are happening. Baptism, Celebration Sunday, February the 9th. If you're new to our church and you want to kind of take the next steps, we have a, a a group called uh, Start Here that's coming up very soon. You can check that out on your worship folder. And actually, we have a membership luncheon if you want to join and be a part of the community and you want to learn even more about what we believe and what we're all about. That's happening February twenty-third. You can find all that in the worship folder. And there's lots of folks that uh, that want to help you out and, and learning more about that. So as we go today, may you in a dark world be light. We are the light. May you go with the peace of Christ, knowing that he has set you free. Go in peace this morning.